Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half-full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich. How are you, Dave? I'm all right. And that's, you know, that's something. You know, the one thing that we could really use right about now, I think, is a bar, um, you know, which would come in quite handy to uh, go and uh, share our experiences, unwind a little bit, uh, perhaps... uh, make plans, uh, you know, so many movements, important moments in American world history, you know, either start in a bar or involve a bar. So uh, I feel like one of our, uh, you know, main support systems is, is, is sorely lacking during these times. Bars have been closed here in New York for 12 weeks now. Yeah. You know? That's a long time. Yeah, I mean, uh, longer than, than, I mean, in our lives ever. This is the longest I haven't been in a bar since I was 14, 15, <laughs> something like that. Back and and, and to be fair, New York was 18. <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, the, before uh, we get any letters, the drinking gigs used to be younger in New York. Uh, yeah. things. By 15, you could sneak into a lot of bars. Yeah, uh, so I've been told. So I've been told. <laughs> so uh, this has been quite quite a stretch. I mean, yeah. you know, I compare it to other uh, disasters in New York City history that I've lived through. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, September 11th, everybody was in bars and that's how we got together. I remember September 12th, 2001, sitting in the uh, back garden of a restaurant uh, with my friends, just watching jet yeah. fighters fly overhead while we were drinking wine and, uh, and, and spirits and just like sitting there stunned. Yeah. You know? But we yeah. were together. Needless to say, you know, I, I think bars, the reopening of bars will be very welcome um, in New York and, and, and around the country once it's obviously safe to do that. And, and we've seen some we've seen some markets where, where, where bars are reopening, um, you know, you know, first maybe is the go cocktails and then actually opening with, you know, a limited number of, of folks that they can let in. and um, I mean, you know, it pains me to admit it, but it's going to take some doing to get me back inside a bar because of the conditions for for spreading this horrible disease are exactly the conditions I like best in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Close proximity, right. uh, Close quarters, intimate. uh, It's tough. I mean, a good crowd, a good crowd. So, Bars with, uh, I'm not, I don't even know how you drink through a mask. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you exactly. Know, you, you, I don't know. A straw around the, the side of it. Well, uh, you know, I, maybe you just pour it on the mask and then suck it in. <laughs> At this point I do it. I, I do. I do anything. I do it. I mean, if that's what it took, I would do it. It's fine. 
fine, you know, and it's yeah. just, and it seems, you know, all of our, you know, wonderful memories being in bars, you know, over, over the years, over the decades, it's, it seems like some kind of like dream, you know, I keep thinking like, oh, I know. did we really used to be able to do that? You know, like, could I just walk I mean, into a bar and sit down? What a privilege that was. Not worry about who, you know, how far away people <laughs> Yeah. Who's touched by glass and how, you know, if they're wearing gloves. I mean, I mean, uh, I remember stuff like here, have a sip of my cocktail. Yeah. If you like it, (laughs) you know, or I mean, uh, you know, I, I, you know, sure. There were obviously bars maybe, you know, where the, you know, the drinks weren't great or you knew not to use the bathroom because it was truly disgusting. Or maybe you just ordered a bottle of beer because, that seemed like the safest choice because the drinks always tasted weird. Um, yeah, that's it. All seems so minor now. Help us, you know, navigate through this world of of bars reopening. We we have a special guest, our you know, good friend Neil Bodenheimer from Cure and Canaan Table down in New Orleans. Uh, he won a James Beard Award a couple of years ago for Cure in, in New Orleans. This was one of the markets that's been able to reopen. Who better to talk to than Neil? Um, exactly about you know what Cure's done what's worked, what hasn't worked, what, um, how the whole thing, you know, possibly might work for, for the rest of us once um, more of the country opens up. Welcome, Neil. Thanks for joining us today uh, from New Orleans. Hey, Neil. Thank you guys for having me. It's good to be on with y'all. Get a little bit of sanity. I have to admit, I wish that we were having this conversation at Cure. Um, which is one of my favorite bars, uh, which is uh, your bar, obviously, uh, in New Orleans. But uh, I'll take this as, uh, I guess this is as good as it gets these days. So It's a down payment, put it that way, <laughs> for our future <laughs> conversation I'll, in I'll, person. I'll definitely take, a, uh, take you guys up on a rain check for that. I'd love to do that. Speaking of Cure, you're back open. How many weeks has it been now? Is it? Well, so so it was interesting. We we opened up two months to the day. We opened the the interior of Cure two months to the day um, that we closed. So we closed on on March sixteenth, and then we reopened on uh, on May sixteenth, and that was as Louisiana and New Orleans entered mm-hmm. phase one, which was twenty five percent occupancy um, with social distancing and 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 safety guidelines. Uh, we had been doing takeout, um, out of, um, you know, kind of out of the courtyard of cure for about two weeks before that. Um, and you know, we had to go get the, the, the laws here were pretty, were pretty tough. I mean, in, in, a, in a lot of cities, you, you kind of have to be a, a restaurant to be a bar and mm-hmm. we chose to be a restaurant at cure in addition to a bar, but we are licensed as a, as a bar. So we actually didn't um, qualify to even do takeout uh, in the early days. So we went and got something, uh, a really archaic law in Louisiana. I don't know if you guys can believe that. Um, not not in Louisiana, called, no. No, no way. Yeah, called, a, uh, called a conditional restaurant permit, which was for bars that serve food that wanted to be all ages uh, during a you know during a period of their of their service in order to um, in order to serve kids families and it was uh, and it kind of existed for thirty or forty years so we realized that we could kind of be an official restaurant um, and uh, I actually have to say Cure had its first 
baby in it um, a few weeks ago, and uh, like I think ever. I, I think I saw one in there once with with a fake mustache on. <laughs> 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 that was the only way really yeah oh my sons if you keep it that way my sons will be very happy um that you uh, come out the... <laughs> I've, got I've got it now i've got it now so Amazing. yeah so we did that in order to in order to do takeout and then uh you know obviously there's been a lot of politicking um behind the scenes to um to try and get bars included in phase one and phase two which thus far has been relatively successful. I mean, there are a lot of our um, brothers and sisters in the bar, in the bar business who don't have kitchens um, who are still closed and they're really, really hurting. And that's not just in new Orleans, that's everywhere. And um, we just, we, you know, that's, and then there's all obviously what it means to be open. I mean, that's pretty, it's a pretty uh, heavy burden and it's, um, it's, it's a heavy burden all around. I mean, so we, how is it working? I mean, what are the mechanics of being open? I, you know, I hate to say it because I had was so, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married to a lawyer and uh, she's trained me to think about worst case scenario first. Uh, I was once told that I had a great negative imagination. Um, <laughs> As any bar owner should. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think I just expected it to be horrible <laughs> right mm-hmm. and uh, and it has not been horrible good there have been a moment or two that have been horrible um but in general over uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive and i think that that's the thing that i didn't expect through this is how good i would feel about the way that we're operating um how happy people would be um to be back in Cure and in Canaan Table, and um, and how happy our teams would be uh, to get back to work. And mm-hmm. I think that there 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 are a lot of nerves in the beginning, but it, it's it's you know it's interesting. You just you know people are so adaptive and adaptable, and it's just it, it's 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 been it's been pretty interesting to watch. And uh, I'm actually have a much more positive outlook um, today than I had even a few weeks ago. And that's not to say that that won't change. Um, but I, I've, I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about the future. I think that's, that's the best that we can hope for. Um, and, the, and the best news that I've heard in a while. So uh, yeah. um, I, it gives us hope. Dave and I were talking before about how, you know, it's you know it's two people who really love to go to bars and have spent far too long thinking about bars and writing about them and sitting in them it's going to take even for us a little bit to go back to bars just because you know of of all the the health concerns so um you know could you talk a little bit about like you know you know how you know that part of it works you know at cure and and like do the customers wear masks and gloves Mm. or yeah, I mean, I, I just want to put out this put out this caveat. You know, we're working within within Louisiana law, and we're adding some some steps in that we think are important. Um, there is this very fine line between um, hospitality and safety, and mm-hmm. I think that is uh, it's a very it's a very hard line to walk. 
yeah. and we're trying and we haven't gotten it right every shift. Um, and I think that the, the hard part is, is that we're all wired to default to hospitality. And I think that the hardest part for us is, is sometimes having to be like, wait, hold on. Safety is more important here. And I know that this is kind of going against what we would do in normal hospitality situations, but we need to be safe first. And that's, um, I think that's been a big challenge. Uh, you so know, what does, what does that look like? Like, well, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, so we, um, we, you know, we have probably 11 tables active. We have two bar seats that are away from the, we have one bartender working service and then two bar seats that are away from that, you know, from that bartender, um, mm-hmm. about eight feet away. Um, and we, um, so we only have two bar seats in the entire bar and then the rest are 11 tables. So we have 12 seating, um, areas. And, and, and normally, and normally how many people sit at the bar or in the restaurant? We have 18 bar seats normally. Okay. Um, that, that's a so, big drop. <laughs> it's a big drop. Um, but it's been, it's been, it's been interesting too. Um, in the, you know, so we've taken all of our tables outside and distanced them. And so we have four tables. We used to have uh, eight tables. So we have about mm-hmm. 50, 50% of the tables outside. But okay. um, of our 11 table tables, four are outside. So when it rains at 25% occupancy, um, it gets even tighter. And as you guys know, uh, the summer in New Orleans is, is, is kind of rainy. So we, uh, we've had a few moments where we've had full, you know, full out, outdoor area and then 25% occupancy inside and we don't have a place for people to wait because you can't do that. Right. Um, and we're, you know, in the middle of a, of a, of a heavy New Orleans rain and we're trying to figure out where to put people and there are people trying to come in for their reservation and, and we can't have them in the space. So they're, they're out in the rain and you're like, yeah. I'm sorry you have to wait in your car or you have to wait outside. And that is just like the antithesis of hospitality. I mean, can you imagine telling someone they have to wait in the rain? Yeah. Under normal circumstances, no, but you know, I would take it. (laughs) Yeah. And we just got savaged um, in a review for it. And I was like, look, I get it. I really do. But, but we could, but we can only do what we can do. And I think that that is, I think that there is just this, it's a fluctuating level of what's acceptable yeah. in my, in my mind. And I, and sometimes I just have to come to terms with the fact that we're not going to be able to execute um, the way that we normally do. And that, that just it happens day by day or, you know, we're just doing our best. And I think that's, we're doing the same as we, as we go about being safe and we go, we're doing the same as we go about hospitality. Right. And, and, and that's what I've told our teams is that we can really only do our best and take it seriously and don't take our eye off of it. And if we do that, then we should be able to sleep at night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I mean, you need your customers to do their best too, you know? Well, that's a that's an excellent point. It, it's not all on you in a situation like this. That is true. And I think that was one of the things that we learned on day one was that we spent so much time thinking about our guests that we realized that, you know, the first wave of guests and, you know, we're, we're in, we're in the deep South and they, and, you know, depending on where you get your news from, right. you have a very different uh, feeling about, about COVID-19. So we had some guests that were exceptionally cavalier in the beginning and it very quickly, I went from thinking, oh my God, how are we going to protect people to, oh my God, how are we going to protect ourselves? Right. right. And I just think that you just spend so much time thinking about public, public health when you're, you know, when you're going through an opening like this, that, that it's, that, that sometimes you kind of take yourself out of the equation. And that's, been something that we've had to to walk a harder line on. Um, after the first few days, we said, "Look, we've got to we we have got to make sure that people understand that if they're going to come in here, they're going to have to do their part too." Yeah, and yeah, um, and that's a hard conversation to have, and it's particularly a hard conversation if someone's had a drink or two. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> this yeah. is uh, oh, know, man. This, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. So we try and set that expectation uh, up front. Um, but, you know, nobody likes fine print. And no. uh, it's yeah. um, sometimes that gets lost. Um, we, you know, you have to have a mask to enter uh, our team. We you know we do a, a scanning thermometer for our team. We don't do our guests. Um, I Sometimes I think we should. Uh, I, I really go back and forth about that. Um, but we've also seen a lot of pushback in the restaurants that are doing it. And, um, and, you know, per the city, we have to take reservations to contact trace. We never really did do reservations. So that's actually worked out pretty well for us. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been able at 25% to really spread our guests throughout the night. And, you know, we're only going from, from four to 10. We're going to expand the hours actually today and tomorrow. Um, our weekdays have been pretty good. Our weekends, uh, we can't, uh, approach a reasonable number right now. So we're adding hours to get there and we've been adding team members and, um, and really focusing on finding a way that we can, uh, that we can make sure that they're outperforming, um, UI, uh, to make sure that it's worth their while to come back and take the risk. Right. Um, and it's, um, you know, thus far we've been without incident. We've had a few people uh, that have run a fever or had another sickness and that we've made sure that they haven't come into work and they've been out of work until um, things are good and they've gone to get COVID tests. And, you know, it's scary though. And that's, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, it just takes one, one, you know, one issue and you're right. thinking about, you know, are we going to shut this thing back down again? And yeah. it is, it feels exceptionally touch and go. Have most of the team members wanted to come back? Like if, have anybody declined to, to come back until this is over? Or? We made it pretty easy. Um, I sent, I sent out a, um, a note at, 
probably right. I think it was right before we were going to start doing takeout. And I said, look guys, here's the deal. I'm so grateful for the, you know, for the unemployment benefits that are out there. And we all have different feelings about what we want to do. And it's, they're all, they're all, you know, there's not a wrong or a right way to think about this. Um, We're going to start the beginnings of an operation. Um, If you want to be a part of that operation, um, reach out to me directly. And if you don't, it's okay. And so I just started a list of people that wanted to go back to work. Yeah. And that's how we've rebuilt our teams. Do you, do you think that what people are, the guests, what they're ordering has changed? Like, you know, have you seen people ordering, I don't know, stronger drinks or, you know, uh, more, <laughs> I don't know, drinks that are, you know. <laughs> Put the uh, whiskey in the glass. Right. Um, <laughs> or, 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 I don't know, drinks that transport them to a foreign country. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I can just tell you the way that it's worked for us. Um, you know, we, you know, I, I think it's, it, it's a little bit about what people want and it's a little bit about what we want to serve too. Yeah. Um, you know, part of, part of being, being a responsible business person is that, you know, we, we have inventory that we need to, that we need to turn into cash before we can, um, before we can start purchasing different things. So we didn't try and, try and reinvent the wheel. We thought about what were comforting classics. Uh, what were the drinks that we felt really resonated with people? And, you know, also if you're going to have one bartender, what were the drinks that were easier to execute? Yeah. And so we really thought about drinks that cast a wide net and, um, and it's been, it's been great. And we've actually been able to pare down some of, uh, some of our selections behind the bar and, and, uh, and make some drinks with some spirits that, that that we've been sitting on for a little while and and we we found um found a really great printer um locally who has a, a risograph machine and um and he was doing printing for bars so we made this great single use menu that we're really into and oh, so nice. every two weeks every two weeks we just we just redo the menu and we try and focus on things that are in house um you know we've kind of certainly ramped down our syrup production. We've tried to keep things, you know, I, I, I think about it a lot. We're trying to keep things a little bit more like 2009 cure and a little less like huh. 2019 cure. Yeah. And, you know, I've said a few times that I think that we've just come through a, a Baroque period in cocktails. And I think that, um, I think simplicity wins the day. And I think this is about, making delicious drinks for people and that's, and that's it and doing comforting things. I noticed the same thing uh, on, on uh, doing, doing my uh, lo-fi lush hour on Twitter is like the simple, basic drinks, very popular all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, all, all those, all those uh, complicated Instagram type drinks suddenly just didn't seem so, uh, so much what people needed, I guess. Yeah. And I think that, and this is an exceptionally reflective time. And I think that, I, I think sometimes those, those style of drinks can be, can be um, an, an, an exercise in ego. And I think that, uh, I think that we're looking for us. I think we're, we're, we're trying to make people feel good and yeah. we're trying to make people feel normal. And 
and when it's it's the difference between you know going out for fine dining and and you know, if you looked at the meals that were selling um, over the pandemic, they've been you know pretty consistently comfort meals, and so that's you know what you know what are the comfort what are the comfort cocktails and those are the things that we've been kind of leaning on and um, and with with a good amount of success. You were talking about your your stock. Um, I know that you know at the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak, you were raising money for um, your you know for your out of work staff by by selling some of uh, trophy bottles um, that that was in during Chores uh, stock room. Is that is that ended the auction phase or, or are you guys still going to do that? We did. I mean, I, I think that. I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop right now. What we did is we, is we did it for a while. We wanted to get people, we would wanted to get people money as there were some delays in, in, in unemployment insurance coverage. Um, so that was a big, uh, a big part of it for us is that we needed to make sure that there were people that were either having problems getting in the system um, mm-hmm. or that just needed a, a, a hand up. And so that's, that's where we started. Um, and then once we looked around and we realized that almost all the team, died, um, we, we felt that it, that it was time to stop. Yeah. Um, and we've retained some of the money. Um, and there, and there are some people that are still not, not back to work. And, and we're, you know, we're certainly keeping our, keeping our eye on the federal on, on the federal unemployment and whether that's get whether that gets terminated at the end of July, like it's planned, like it's being planned right now, or whether it gets extended, and uh, we may start it back up. Right. And but but we certainly we didn't want to we didn't want to use it when it wasn't needed. And yeah, fair enough. If it is needed again, we will start it back up. Well, that, that's sort of good news. I think that that we you know we've we've come out of that phase of of this of the pandemic and, and hopefully we'll see the occupancy increase, you know, safely as, as uh, hopefully this sort of comes to an end um, whenever that is. But um. yeah. And you know, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting, Noah, that I don't think I'm personally not ready to go to 50%. Um, but I'm also ready to go to 50%, but it doesn't mean that cure or cannon table will go to 50%. Right. I think that, right you know, what we're looking for is logically, can we do it safely? And everything else is secondary. Are there people talking about like mechanical fixes for some of this, like different ventilation systems and things like that? There are. Um, I read through a pretty interesting study um, out of China. Yeah, I read that one too. And we actually looked at our, you know, it's, it's interesting and I, I'm going to go off of memory, but um, we have this really odd HVAC system that we put in at Cure. And it, the goal was to cool the room down really fast. Mm-hmm. And if we had such a lack of space that we actually put it up in this weird area, kind of away from, from everybody. And we realized that actually it was pretty well designed for this. Um, and and we have double the fresh air intake coming through doesn't change the fact that it is certainly possible um, if someone has COVID and if they're sitting at the right table uh, that there, I think there is one table in cure that 
that um, that we feel like you know could present that challenge, and so we don't seat that table. Yeah. Right. But but all in all, we look at our at our HVAC units and we feel pretty good about the way that they're designed, even at Canaan Table. Um, they're just located well, and it's dumb luck, mm. in all honesty. I mean, have and, you been t- talking to people about this? Is that something that uh, people are, are discussing? Yeah, or? certainly, certainly. And, and, and that's whether it's in uh, HUA, whether it's in IRC, whether it's in bar groups. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that I think everybody's looking at it and saying, you know, have I thought through every aspect of this? And, right. you know, for sure, no. No, I don't think that it, I don't think that we can, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an, an infectious disease expert. Um, but we think that we're doing it as safely as we know how to do it, given the information. Yeah, understood. And, and, that we, think, and the information keeps changing too. So I think, you know, does. part of it is, you know, as I've seen in New York with, you know, grocery stores and restaurants, it's, Part of it is just being able to adapt to, you know, whatever information comes to light about the disease and, you know, how to prevent it and, you know, uh, shields or gloves or mask. I mean, it's like each step has been a real learning process, which, you know, when yeah. we started off, we, we didn't know anything. So and some of the stuff that we thought was, you know, were best practice oh, two absolutely. weeks ago. Or <laughs> certainly exactly. not. And, two weeks ago and, seems like five years ago. I mean, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean really. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And, 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 and honestly, it is, you know, we're taking it day by day. I, I think, I don't know if uh, I watched, I, I watched the, the Michael Jordan uh, documentary because I was, uh, I was just, I was a Michael Jordan fan and I wanted to, I wanted to see it. <laughs> and, uh, and there was something at the very end of it that I thought was really telling about the, about where we are. and. The, it was, I think someone mentioned that that Michael Jordan was the most present athlete they had ever encountered, and I think that that is that that is it. Is it if you're not present right now, it's going to be very hard to weather this. If you if you zoom out too much, it's overwhelming, and mm-hmm. you just have to be in the moment and you have to do your best in the moment. And that's the way that we're thinking about it. That doesn't mean that you don't zoom out here and there. Uh, and that was also one of the lessons of Katrina down here is that, you know, when you looked at the entirety of recovery from Katrina, it was seemed impossible. But it's one day at a time. It's one step at a time. And you just do your best until you look back in six months and you realize you're in a different place. And then in a year, you're in a different place. And that's, that's what it's going to take. That is disaster recovery. Yep. Well, well, Neil, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I was thrilled to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Neil. Good luck we'll down see you there. Soon. Hopefully, we'll be there. Save us, save us those two seats at the bar until you have more. <laughs> My um, first trip when I can travel is going to be down to New Orleans. Here's what we'll do: we'll put we'll put one Zoom, we'll put one phone and one stool and one in another. We'll Zoom you guys in. <laughs> you know what it doesn't sound bad to me you know no. I, I i would take it at this point yep. uh if you're if you're behind the bar watching you make drinks for a couple of hours and uh uh catching up sounds sounds just just what the doctor uh ordered so uh, that sounds great to me all right take care you guys too be safe cheers 
Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 